forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds? Are you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks. I hope you're staying home. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. And don't forget, Amazon is the devil. I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. Welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. How are you doing, Big Dip? You know, I, speaking of Amazon, I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to shop for this new apartment. Should I get a food processor? Is that a thing? Yes. Yes. Because it needs to be like, I need to get something that I can like do a lot of different things in, but I don't want to have like. You need to get one of those big old blenders that everyone gets. That's got like eight blades at the bottom and it's like super powerful and you can use it as a food processor, a blender, a smoothie maker. Juicer. Is it also the one that has like the um, long pole in it, it that you, gotta you can jam it. in the yeah. top? That's the one, okay. ma. That's like a Vitamix. That that's like a legit. Get you a Vitamix. Ass. I bought my sister a juicer when she moved into her new apartment, and then she said to me there, she was like, "I made nut butter from the juicer, and it has a pasta attachment because all I guess all the juicer is is like a really good motor, mm-hmm. and then you just like put the attachment on it, so theoretically can do these other um, tasks." That's awesome. You should get one. <laughs> I just, I, w- I really want to like flex in my kitchen because I've never owned kitchen supplies. I've always sort of like moved somewhere and be like, oh, do you have pots and pans? In fact, all of my pots and pans are uh, Lauren's. She gave me like a whole bunch of because <laughs> she was like, I have all these extra ones. And I'm like, great. So like everything I have is like borrowed or, you know, inherited from someone. So I want to like I want to like step my kitchen up a little. Bit. I think you should. I think you should. I often get really um, upset when I go to my friend's houses and they're like, yeah, grab the knife. And it says Ikea on it. Girl. And I was like, we are not in college anymore. This isn't going to cut anything. I only have one knife right now, but it's a good ass knife. And I bought the thing. Not a stone, but a... The leather strap? No. <laughs> you got a leather strap in your... No, no, no. It. That's for shaving your face. I bought a... um. It's a metal rod that's kind of rough. A, yeah. Okay, it's a give me more shapes. Yes, it's Play-Doh. It's a Play-Doh machine. He sharpens his knife with a Play-Doh machine. And I use that to make my nut butter. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, okay, so thank you. I just needed someone to encourage me to get a food. Process. I say get one of those. It's also something that if you have the money to, uh, get one of those Kenmore standing kitchen mixer things. They're just like, you can make bread it, you can make your pasta in it, you can make anything in it. A KitchenAid? Yeah, sure. Wow, that's like a big purchase. It's an adult purchase, yes, but you are now in your own apartment and it's time Do to start acting it? like an adult. Do you know what my grandfather was doing at 35? He had grandkids. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back uh, with our special (laughs) Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto also there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long when my fridge is stocked with factor meals i'm like oh baby i don't have to think about this Mm -hmm. like 
It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, we are back, and uh, our special guest is here with us today. The breakout star in everything that she does. Writer, Truly. actor, comedian. You can catch her on screens literally everywhere and guessing every on everyone's podcast. Literally, if you want your fill, you can get it. It's Mary Holland! <laughs> yeah. Hello! I love that being my tagline. If you want your fill, you can get it. I mean, it's available to people. <laughs> It is available. That's true. That's very you true. You work so much. You're everywhere. It's yeah. amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I'm so excited to be here and talk to you both. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I'm, I am so curious. Obviously, we have so much to talk about. You have like new movie out and all these things. But I'm curious about your Hollywood journey. Because mm. you, to me, I met you personally through our mutual friend, Lauren Lapkus, who yes. we sort of talk about all the time on the show, and she's been on the podcast. And I, you strike me as sort of like the least Hollywood person that there is. <laughs> um, in fact, to the point, like when I met you, I was like, wow, she's so nice. And then I think I started following you on Instagram or whatever. And I saw you like posing on like a red carpet or like doing some press thing. And I was like, 
oh, sh- she does that? Like, it didn't even stri- <laughs> Like, it almost like yeah. I literally thought you'd be like, no, thanks. I'm good. I'll just show up to do the acting <laughs> job. Like, it's just, there's nothing about you that seems like spotlight. I'll take it. Oh, and then boy. It's so f- but it's so funny because you're so, you're so good, good in everything that you do. And you're like, you're such, you really are like a standout. Every time you watch something and Mary pops up, you're like, oh, more of that, please. Oh, my so gosh. So I'm curious Thank you. about your, like, Hollywood journey. Um, the, thank you so much for those lovely words. <laughs> um, I love the spotlight. Okay, good. I seek it out wherever I can. If anybody's like, hey, I, I want to take pictures, can I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. But, um, my Hollywood journey, I feel like, well, I moved out here 13 years ago, over 13 oh, years ago. Wow. From yes. where? I came here straight after college. So um, yeah, I went to college in DeKalb, Illinois, which is a That's suburb right. of Illinois Chicago. State University. Northern Ooh. Illinois University. Oh, Northern Illinois. So that's but close. N- N-I-S-U? <laughs> Just N-I-U. 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 Oh, okay. okay, got it. Home of the Huskies. Yeah. Everybody. Do you, wait, do you remember that in, in shopping, like at JCPenney, they used to put Husky as a tag? I do. Yeah. I was oh, a Husky wow. boy, baby. That was, was me. It wasn't extended sizes. They didn't just call it bigger pants. It was, you got a Husky one on your hand. <laughs> it was called Slim, Regular, and then Husky. husky. And the thing oh, about a Husky man. was the ankles were real tiny, but the top of it was real big. Oh, <laughs> you know? man. You like Humpty Dumpty. You were just like, wow. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Wait, so, they, so you graduated yeah. college and you were yes. just like, it's L.A. for me, baby. There's no other choice. I said, I have to go to the glitz and the glamour. <laughs> um, I, we did like part of, so I, I the college I went to, there there was, um, uh, I was in a, a BFA acting program there. And part of the program was uh, the graduating class would then do a, a showcase for like sure. agents and stuff. Um, so we did that in Chicago, but then we also had we we were paired with an MFA class, and they were highly motivated and really had had their shit together. And they also got us showcases in New York and LA. And so my plan originally was to move to Chicago with the dream of someday moving to LA. But then when we did those showcases, um, it was my first time visiting LA, and I really loved it. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna come out here. So I did. <laughs> That's awesome. So I did. Um, yeah. uh, in college, did you do musicals ever? No, no. I'm I I love musicals. I I simply I simply can't. I don't, you don't have, have the range. I don't have the range. I don't have the I don't <laughs> That's it. I don't have is the range. It, is it the singing <laughs> or the dancing? It's the singing and I personally think I can dance very well, but I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. <laughs> but um, yeah. is it like is it like you don't have the pretty voice, but you could do the? Didn't Carol Burnett do um, uh, Once Upon a Mattress? Didn't she play like the princess yeah. in the pea? Oh, did she? That's awesome. And I think she was like she just sort of did the singing regardless <laughs> yes. of the ability. But that's type how of a thing. lot of like great. <laughs> Are it's like they don't really. What's her name? Edith? No, Ellen. 
Anyway, so one of Adina, them, like, it was Adina, Adina Menzel, she doesn't That's really right. have the oh, yeah. range, and yet she's out here killing it every time. Like, <laughs> wow, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Okay, what so, are we doing? So you, so you came to <laughs> yeah. L.A., what got you first into sta- or improv and like that? Because that's how I know you. Right, right. I so I went um, to I I did like a summer intensive at I O in Chicago between my junior and senior year of college, and then when I moved to L A, I moved into an apartment building that happened to be right close to um, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and so I just geographically like. Um, I I don't know how long it would have taken me to find that place if I had not lived. <laughs> do, you mean, do you mean on Franklin? Because they haven't opened the yeah. other one yet, right? No, no. The, this was in 2007. And I think the Franklin one had just opened like two years prior. So it was still Ooh. kind of a new place. And I went and saw shows. And I was like, oh, this is improv. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is improv. <laughs> and um <laughs> new choice. <laughs> new choice. Oh my god, this is improv? <laughs> thank you. Thank See? You. Okay, yeah. so I I do have the range. Yeah, have the range. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh yeah, I I saw the shows there and I connected the dots of like, oh, this is what I was um learning in Chicago and I signed up for classes and then uh definitely that found my community there for sure. Do you feel like I'm so curious because saying like like I think I've been in LA now for five years and I of course like lived in Chicago a little bit and then lived in New York you know been bouncing around. Do you feel like I mean saying like oh I've been here 13 years and like yeah. you have this you, well you have this amazing resume so obviously it's like it's the place for you to be you're getting work you're working hard you're being successful like. Do you feel like you are where you thought you were going to be? Do you feel like, like I'm just so I, I've always thought, oh, when I'm 40, that's when I'm going to hit my stride. Like everything is sort of waiting <laughs> until then. So right. I don't know. I'm curious how you see it. I had I had really high hopes when I moved here and uh, big dreams, stars <laughs> in my eyes, big dreams. And had a vision. I didn't really have, I I wasn't tied to any specific timeline really, but I had goals that I wanted to achieve. Like I, I, I was like, gotta win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, but these are like a very much like way, like really, sure. like that is my dream of dreams. It did be, do movies and all this stuff. And then I learned very quickly that um, just because you really want it to happen doesn't mean it will. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And uh, I, for like the first eight years I was here, I I auditioned a lot and never got anything. So so I I feel like gradually over time I kind of learned to – and also I think it it really – throwing myself an improv during that time too, I, I really, I sort of let go of the, the like expectations that I had or the, the, um, the specific dreams that I, that I had attached to and just kind of was like, let's see where this goes. Like kind of living in the moment. And and that was, I think a big lesson. 
I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends who I first, when I moved to LA, I was friends with, wanted to be actors so bad. And they were doing what you were saying. They were going to auditions all the time, but they weren't getting anything. Right. They didn't have any other, they weren't going to UCB. They weren't taking any other classes. They weren't creating their own work. Right. And I feel like that's when people say LA will steal your soul is like, you just keep getting rejected. But in yes. my mind, it's like, why aren't you doing something that you love on the side? And then that will flourish and grow because totally. like you have all the energy for it. So it sounds like when you fell in love with UCB, you were like in it for the long haul. And you yeah. have been. Uh, yeah. And and I completely agree with you. I think having that creative outlet where you can, where you, you're not waiting around for someone to give you permission yeah. to like, to do what you want to do or like practice your craft or something. You're, you're trying to make those opportunities for yourself. I think for sure that, that saved my life out here. <laughs> like I, I really... It is, it's crushing. It's heartbreaking and it's crushing. And if you it don't is. have that, that um, support system, but then also the, the, the outlet to like do, uh, perform in some, right. even if it's in somebody's basement. Yeah. You know, yeah, in like even an if it's in a dirty group. bar and I'm dancing around dressed like <laughs> a lady right. for dollar bills, well, at least I was doing something, mom. You're doing right. something. But okay, so this brings out, I, I love the idea of, uh, you know, taking a life skill from improv of like getting rid of your expectation. I think a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people go like, oh, it helps you be confident or it helps you think on your feet. But there's also like a philosophy that I think is like a cool thing to sort of apply about like just being flexible and going with yeah, the flow. And I agree. Other what other people have to say has value. <laughs> like you're not allowed to just bulldoze <laughs> through the world. Right. Um, but I am very curious because Meatball and I both uh I, I can I can I assume this is true for you, Meatball, and I believe it is. Like there you have don't been know a few me, bitch. few moments <laughs> Yeah, bitch. Say what you gotta <laughs> say. There have been a few moments uh, in our careers where we get like called in to audition for something. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a different thing because Meatball and I both sort of like have made our own personas or like doing right. doing this like independent track. But then we like know people in the industry or people, you know, are aware of us. So then we get like, like I had a friend write an episode of a TV show and they put me on a short list to go audition. But I am so not used to auditioning. So I went in and I bombed floundered like it was horrible <laughs> what do you mean you bombed <laughs> like what does that look like <laughs> i'll tell you what it looks like and we can we can talk to lauren lapkus about who coached me through my audition ahead of time i'll leave out all of the specifics but i went okay. into a, a casting call it was the the part was for a queer nightlife performer mm -hmm. and the person who wrote the part said they literally based it on the idea of me so i figured great but as with anything of course that idea sort of morphed once it hit the page. So right. there was some singing that happened to have had to happen. And we all know that I sing better with the help of a computer than, you know, just acapella. So anyhow, I had to go into the audition. I had to vamp like I was on a microphone and then I had to sing. And I was talking to Lauren. I was like, the singing sort of makes me uncomfortable. And she was like, well, do what you do confidently. And right. we decided <laughs> that I would strip because that's what I do at my live show. So I walked into a room <laughs> with a man, a man, his assistant, and a camera. 
and he put a lav on me on my overalls. Oh no, but you're going to take those off. I sure am, but I didn't have the foresight. Oh so no. So we put the lav on. I do the things. I'm shaking. I do the lines. I'm like looking at the camera next to the camera like, I don't know, whatever. And then it gets to the singing point and I start stripping. And the moment I like flip the bib down on the overall, like the mic literally like popped off the cord and bounced on the room. And I stripped down to a Speedo in a room with these two strangers who it's not it's not like they did research on me, knew what I was about. And then they're just working at the casting office to put the damn thing on the tape to send to the director. Like, they don't know. And they're like, what? Like, completely shocked that I have taken all my clothes off in a regular. Like, theoretically, someone could have gotten uh, very upset with me for doing that. Right. It wasn't sexually aggressive, but I did remove almost all of my clothing. I feel like it might have been aggressive. <laughs> I feel like they, maybe to you it wasn't, but to them, might have been aggressive. Well, so, and oh, and there was we go. did they was, was there like an understanding of like you can do do whatever you want with this song? Like we want to see how you would perform it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you know, <laughs> did you get it? Nope, I sure didn't. And so any of those, I have never. I so so again. What I'm saying is. I have been like I've been called in maybe a handful of times, half a dozen times. Right. Never gotten it and never felt ever comfortable in that scenario. But I'm like, I could walk into a nightclub and I could pass my phone to the DJ and I said, play these two songs, give me a mic, and I could work the room. Yeah. And, and so those things are so different. Yes. It's Let me an tell inter- you about my terrible audition. Oh, yes. Oh, great. Because <laughs> I, sh- I had to show up in full drag to this thing for a they razor company that. that will be unnamed. Um, I show up and no, there's no other drag queens. Normally when I'm cast for something, I just see a bunch of my friends there. This was all just dudes in there, just hairy dudes and me. And I'm sitting in the waiting room and I'm like, okay, so this is very uncomfortable because, of course, everyone's staring at me like, what are you doing here? And I just start making small talk and just like start going into my jokes to get everyone in the room to laugh in the audition room. Or not in the audition room, in the waiting room. And so when they call me in, I walk in and I'm like loose. I'm giving them like yeah. meatball, which is just inappropriate. And they were like, okay, so this is a razor commercial. So what part of yourself do you think you'd feel comfortable shaving? And I just ripped my dress open to show my hairy <laughs> chest. And then they handed me a razor and I go, this is just a cheap plastic one. What, we're not going to use the actual brand? Okay. And like I was just going off on these people. And it was the actual brand? It, no, it was not. It was oh, like okay. a really shitty, they were, and I was like, oh, so what? We like, And I was just doing all that, and then later, like, the billboard came up in Times Square, and it was my friend, and I was like, oh, oh I, didn't even, I didn't even know that you auditioned. <laughs> oh, man. It is really, it's very tough. The, the, that, the auditioning process is, it's just, there's, I don't know anybody who's comfortable in yeah. that situation. <laughs> like, it, I feel like um, you really... That it, it's such a, it's a skill, but it's also not, it's entirely random and you don't ever know what you're walking into or what the like vibe is going to be. And, and like having the pressure of, okay, I, and I, now I perform like, it's just really, <laughs> it's very tense and it, it's it for creative people to like be in that, that very, um, structured environment where it's like you deliver the thing and then you go like there, we're not like 
brainstorming or collaborating. Yeah. And we're not like Let's making warm up a show together. together. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But I, I exactly. do think it's funny because people always say they're like, they're like, everyone is rooting for you. They want you to come in and they right. want to give you the role. And you're like, yeah, of course they do because they want to find the best person. They're yeah. also they're also really ready to tear you down. Because yeah, I was when I they, lived in New York, I was an assistant for auditions, and like the minute <laughs> people would leave the room, it would just be like. Fuck this. That guy is terrible at this. He said this weird. And I was like, wow, this is what it's like on the other side. Oh, well, they're rooting oh, what for a you nightmare. if you're right for the part. Yeah. Like, yes. like that's- if you're not right for the part, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's get back to you and your acting career. Yeah, do you-, you have an audition story? I have so many. There, I So many. And when, when I say, like, I auditioned for eight years, having gotten nothing... I, um, hundreds of things. I, hundreds. I have saved all the, um, auditions I've ever had. I Uh, I have them all in a very special folder uh, that I like to access when I want to feel shame. (laughs) And and I had hundreds, hundreds, went out on hundreds. And, and I I was lucky to get to do that. Like to, to get, to go out for these things. But. Ne- never getting anything after going out that much is a special kind of demoralizing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, there are so many times, so many auditions I experienced where I was like, okay, I want to, I want to like, I want to like use this opportunity to perform, to like, to have fun and do, do what I want to do and uh, make a choice. <laughs> right. <You laughs> and love a choice. <laughs> love a choice. Um, and I remember there's like one story that I always think of when I think of a time I made a choice. And it was when I was auditioning for this pilot and the role I was auditioning for was a bunned up kind of prim receptionist, um, super Christian, very bubbly. And I. Sounds great to me for you. I <laughs> would love it. I I felt this. I was like, this is great. I I love this. I wore a, a button, a blue button up shirt and the waiting room was completely packed. And so the audition was running behind. I think I was in the waiting room for like over an hour. Oh, and wow. in the course of that time, I my shirt like really showed sweat. And so I had sweat through. I had these giant damp like circles under my, <laughs> under my arms. Uh-huh. And, and I said to myself, use it. Oh no. <laughs> I said I said, you know what? This is a golden opportunity to use this for my character and it's going to be genius. <laughs> and in the sides, the other character has the first line and then my character's line is responding to that. And so the plan I came up with was I'm going to I'm going to pretend like my character is noticing that her armpits are sweaty and she's going to be She's going to be like, oh, like occupied and like thinking, oh, no, you know. And then <laughs> the other character is going to come in and say a line. And then I'll be, oh, um, like I'll be like caught in this right. intimate moment. And it'll be so it'll like inform that next line in such a way that it's such a cool choice. <laughs> and so I I went in there. And uh, the the cast, I feel like there were two women in there and they were lovely and they're like, okay, you ready to get started? And I, and I said, yes. And I lifted my arm up. And just as I planned, I started like gently like 
oh, examining my sweaty armpit as my character. And I waited for that first line. And I waited and I waited. And the first line never came. And after like a minute or two of me truly just poking my wet armpit, I... I I cannot believe. I looked up and I was like, so do you, do I, do, should I start or should I say the, I I think you have the first line. (laughs) And they, uh, they were like, oh yeah, um, (gasps) sorry. And they, they, it was really bad. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I don't even want to, I, don't what want to presume to know what they yeah, thought. Yeah, presume to know. I want to presume hear. to know. It was probably like I, if I were them, I feel like I'd be like, oh, she needs a minute. Yeah, she's, ta- she's taking a minute, and she'll let us know when she's ready. <laughs> but little did they know, I was using my environment yes. for my performance. <laughs> now, I if mean, you were to, if you were to make that choice again, would uh-huh. you, do you think you would say something like, "I'm, I'm going to start with a bit." Or say something like that to sort of allow Maybe. them to help you be successful. Yes, yes. that's such a great way to put it. <laughs> allow them to help you be successful. I think it would have been so, and it would have like made it more fun for them as well to like know yeah. what was going we're gonna on. We're going to do but a thing, guys. It, yeah, <laughs> guys, we're going to do a bit. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the environment, like as an actor walking into that, you just feel so you feel so much pressure you feel so nervous mm-hmm. you you want to like uh have some banter with the 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 people that you're auditioning with so every so you could feel more relaxed and like feel more playful and but there's this formality too about it where like right. you come in and you're like okay and I stand here and I mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that formality like it definitely prevented me from communicating <laughs> um my needs in that moment yeah, it's good to communicate your needs. You gotta um, communicate well, your needs. Well, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back with more Mary Holland. And we're back. Have you ever seen Wicked? Yes. Ooh, yes. do you love? I saw it at the Pantages right here in Hollywood. Oh, nice. Yes, I saw now, it with Lauren Lapkus, actually. Oh, oh wonderful. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Yes. What, so who is your favorite Elphaba? Oh, this is easy. Um, <laughs> It's so easy. Yeah. I, I love this. I love this question. Um, oh my gosh, my favorite. Uh, how do you, um, I know I said it was easy, but it's actually really hard. <laughs> and can you I, see the years that she, the, the span of time in which she played Elphaba? Yeah. And was it on Broadway or on the national tour or the second national tour? Yeah. And how does her riff sound? It was Emily Cook. Now, have it you was- ever. <laughs> Great. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. Amazing. Now, uh, we actually last week our guest was Jinx Monsoon, who was yes! featured in your movie Happiest Season. Now oh my on gosh. Hulu, Hulu, which you are so, so fucking good. funny. It you, you stole the show. It was so incredible. Um, 
What was it like writing that and being a part of that whole situation? Such, uh, such a dream. I met Clea working on Veep uh, a few years ago, yeah. and I, um, I we never had any scenes together, but we saw each other at the table reads, and we just really connected very quickly. We had a um, uh, this lovely chemistry with each other, and she had had the idea for Happiest Season, and was looking for somebody to write it with her, and. After we met, she she asked me if I wanted to to write it with her, and and I said yes, please. And <laughs> we, yeah, the the writing process was it was so much fun. Clea is just a wonderful human, and she's so funny. And knowing she wanted to direct it right off the bat, you know, she really had all the way through the writing process. It was so great to have that director's vision like guiding the story as oh, we were sure, telling yeah. it. So it was, it, that was really cool. I learned a ton from, from that process, but such an honor to be in this story and then to have the amazing people we had like Jinx and um, Dela and all these amazing performers come and be a part of it. We're just so lucky. It was such a good movie. And we were actually just talking about it before you would come on. But yeah. one of my big qualms with like, um, uh, sitcoms and rom-coms of today is that technology kind of gets in the way of telling the story because like back yeah. in the day it would be like oh you can't call them there's no cell phones and all of that and y'all somehow integrated all of that into it and made it part of the story I love the mom with just the iPad the whole time because <laughs> I was like that's my iPad. fucking mom that is her <laughs> at the holidays taking pictures of everything like how did y'all come up with all of that was that just people in your lives we, I feel like we just sort of brainstormed these characters into being. I, I they, it's they're definitely not. Uh, Jane is the only one, only character we wrote because I, I said I wanted to play her, so we we wrote her knowing I would play her. So that that's the only character we wrote like with somebody in mind. But mm-hmm. the we created this this world of characters just purely on on its own but this having the specifics it was so fun to like delve into the specifics of each of these characters make them super three-dimensional and then have their own sort of character games that they're playing throughout the movie like tipper with the ipad was a really fun discovery um (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i mean i think also like once you populate this you start populating this family with these characters that informs how you create the other characters around like knowing we wanted Harper's family to be very um, like repressed or like sort of restrained buttoned Mm -hmm. up. Then we knew we wanted to have somebody in that family who was a very different energy. And that's where Jane, Jane. Yeah. (laughs) What, what I really appreciated about, because it is, it is sort of tricky to write like a closeted movie in 2020. Obviously like the world exists and there are plenty of people who all have different stories and you know, there are people who are closeted or will live their entire life closeted. And so, but we, we see so many, uh, like, uh, like queer eye and obviously like the main you know queer narrative lesbian narrative gay narrative is not I'm hiding it all the time like right. there is but what I liked about it is that everyone sort of like all the kids 
you know, Jane's was more of her own personal secret of just wanting to be included. But I yeah. like that it wasn't just it wasn't just about being gay. It was yeah. like as a family, we've sort of like repressed these feelings. And yeah. like, my thing is your approval and my thing is my gayness and my thing is acceptance. Yeah. And, and and I appreciated that because sort of initially, I remember when I saw the preview, I was like, um, I was like, oh, I love all these people. This is exciting to see like a lesbian Christmas movie. Like, so, like I don't know that that exists anywhere. Right. <laughs> Until right. you guys wrote this movie, you know? <laughs> but there was like a moment when I was like, oh, is it really going to be like a coming out story like that? There's something about that, you know, and, and that that is a an evergreen narrative for, yeah. for queer people everywhere. Uh, but it does, it is that hard thing. It's like, um, as a gay person, you want to watch celebration. Totally. And so what I appreciated is like, you know, the, the foothold in reality of like, this is mm-hmm. hard and challenging and people go through this all the time. But then there was such a great celebration and acceptance at the end, which was so fun. I, I thought it was great the whole way through. And I love that, like, right when it came out, the memes on Twitter. I was like, I have to watch it. Like, what is it like to see just like something that you wrote just blow up so it quickly? It is really overwhelming. It, it's, um, I'm so massively grateful for the uh, amazing support that the, that the movie's got and that so many people have watched it. And, yeah, I th- thank you so much for all your lovely words about that story because I think, you know, Clea and I really, Clea especially, took such great care with the storytelling and wanting it to be really rooted in an honest experience and, like, not shying away from the difficulty that people face sometimes in this process and also having the family each have journeys of their own and and um and things that they are revealing to their family also for the first time like they're, they're all kind of having this moment where they realize they don't know each other and that is a a, a right. really powerful thing to watch a family go through you know in addition to Harper Harper's personal journey that she's on but yeah it is really it's so exciting. It's so, it's very vulnerable. It feels really scary to like, because like when you put something out there, when you make something, anything, there's a certain vulnerability that comes with that because you're sort of giving it to people and like they can have their opinions about it or feel however they want about it. And you can't, uh, you can't guide that experience for people. So you just like hope hope that what you wanted to achieve with that particular story you were able to do that and i i feel like Clea and i both um have received such positive uh, feedback and support about it and it it but yeah it's very overwhelming it's i mean people listen people think riley is hot <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, everybody in that movie is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna gorgeous. say that's like a gorgeous. Was, was there like a moment as you guys were like, um, well, I guess I don't know. Were you involved in the casting or sort of like 
like once once you guys finished writing it, it was sort of like Clea and the producer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were you was there a moment when like Clea was like texting like, oh Dan Levy's gonna do it, and then it's like, oh we got Kristen Kristen, and then it's like, oh Aubrey's coming. It's like uh, were you just like, what the fuck is happening? That's I, insane. Yeah. The cast yeah. is wild. It's wild. Victor Garber. Yes, of course. Victor yes, Garber. and a gay royalty. <laughs> Royalty. royalty Victor Garber all hail Jesus. um yes well, very we, lucky I mean how incredible how great what a fun stunning what a oh, great thing to have in the holiday season very excited very lucky thank you so much for your support yeah no of course problem. now I I have a more like a sort of like a more philosophical question Mm. Uh, okay, and it's about this Kristen is... Stewart. No, Do this you is think a great... that she was a very good um, Charlie's <laughs> Angels, or are you more of? Uh... Oh, she was in Charlie's Angels. She too. Yeah, Charlie's she was in Angels. the reboot. But she are you more of a Cameron so Diaz Charlie's Angels? Movies. I have to confess, I haven't seen the most Either recent. Right. Well, I can leave. Well, now. no, I, see, I saw meeting. the. <laughs> no, um, I haven't seen the most recent Charlie's Angels, so I, I I'm gonna have to wait to weigh in on that. But I'll keep mm-hmm. you posted. Perfect airplane movie for when this is all over. Yeah. Nice. When you yes. want to sort of be asleep and drunk at the same time while you're watching a movie on the airplane. Because you oh. like wake up and you're like, new outfits. Oh, there's a gunfight. <laughs> and you sort of go to sleep again. And then... no, um, New here's... outfits. <laughs> here's my like philosophical question. The cast is amazing. You've been in a lot of things. Like you you did many episodes of Veep. You were on a Blunt Talk for uh, uh, the the span of the show you, you were in that movie with um uh 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 mike and dave need wedding date like yeah you do oh, yeah. projects with so many actors many of whom are also not only actors but celebrities like very right. very famous people so my question is like we i think in this industry there are people who work all the time successful great have a great career. And then yeah. there are the people who also do that, but then they also really tap into that celebrity culture. Yeah. Talk shows, tabloids, nightlife, party, you know, like whatever, brand endorsement. You know, they they figure out that it's two revenue streams. It's acting and it's my yes. face on things. So when are we going to see Mary Holland for Flat Tummy Tea? That's or what I'm talking about. Or My Tushy <laughs> or Selling um, Bad? I, I don't know if you know, I already represent... Flat Timmy T. I love it. I love Flat Timmy T. Yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world, you guys. I'm a great spokesperson for it. Hey, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, th- that's so true. That there is that that is a whole another aspect of a career in like the entertainment industry that some people do. I feel like also some people involuntarily become that. Like some people become so famous so fast that they're Mm -hmm. sort of thrust into that celebrity sphere maybe without totally (laughs) wanting to be that um that visible but but yes it is it's it's i mean i i did my first talk show uh experience clea and i went on kelly clarkson together recently and it was so fun but it is a real it's a real skill to be able to like be yourself, but then also be aware that you are a 
product in a way. And I, right. I think some people have really tapped into honing that and being so comfortable with that where they're they're just like are effortless with it. But it it, it is really daunting to me, that whole side of things of like <laughs> but it, instead of the like the, doing the work and the work becoming famous, right. you as a person becoming famous is is a different thing entirely. And that feels really intense. Yeah. Do you think that that, I mean, like, because it seems like that sort of happens for younger people, mm-hmm. you know, like when they're young and it happens and it feels like, oh, well, they want me to go to this party and then I get photographed on the way into the party. And it's like, it's like you've lived in L.A. for a while. You you're like booed up. You've got, your, you know, your work. You've got your things that you do. So it's just like you're like if you were to ever become like crazy famous, do you think you would just become a mess? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I know I people would fall would. apart completely. <laughs> I would uh, be the next Amanda Bynes. Yes. If Meatball ever got famous, you would... It'd be would... face tats and bad decisions. And, wait, and, what, and why do you say that? What do you mean? What's the... What do you... I, think... I have no self-control. And if people invite me to stuff or, like, ask me to do stuff, I do it because I just am like, cool, I'm here. Yeah. So I feel like I would just get kind of sucked into doing a lot of stuff because yeah. I just want to be around more people. Yeah. But also I think that's a product of where I'm at right now, like being locked inside for nine yeah. months. <laughs> I think we all sort of feel that way <laughs> uh, right now. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think that I can't imagine that ever happening. But if it were to, I feel like my response would be to retreat. <laughs> mm. oh, it would be run deep into the woods. And um, and never emerge. Um, no, emerge, emerge if it's a great project. <laughs> emerge but, for the work. Emerge, emerge for, for the, the work. work. Emerge you know. for the work. <laughs> um. Well, I want to talk a little bit about wild horses. Yeah. No. So wild wild horses <laughs> is. Uh, you said no. You pol- I politely work. decline. I politely say no. Um. <laughs> no. Yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Love it. So wild horses is um. You and Lauren and Stephanie and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren Lapkus, Stephanie, you pronounce her last name Alan? Alan. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Whitehead. Yes. Uh, do you do you call yourself a, an improv group, a comedy collective, a, a talk show? A comedy yes. collective. A talk show. Yeah. I don't know. I, lo- I love a comedy collective. We, uh, I think we call ourselves a, a yeah, improv group. A book club? We but call ourselves really a book club. But you do it all. <laughs> <laughs> We, I, I remember we've actually had this conversation recently on a podcast. All four of us were a guest on the Pants podcast, which is uh, Leisha Haley and Kate Menig's podcast. Oh. And they, they were asking us about like how we define ourselves, a improv group or team. And uh, it was very interesting, the conversation of like, oh, do we call ourselves a team? Because that's usually the vernacular that's used right. around like an improv theater. You have all these teams. True. <laughs> uh, true. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that is how we define ourselves. And we actually just did our first show in many months just this past weekend, a virtual show. And it was it was so fun. Well, it's great because you do a really unique format in that you like sit and like drink a little cup of wine and chat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Chat. We just <laughs> that wink chat. you gave with the wine. Yeah, I know. So you like the couple mm-hmm. wine. Uh, and, and then you bring out your guests, and then you also chat with your guests, and then at the end of it, and what I love about it is, I mean, it's sort of like it's honestly like a live podcast, which is why your, um, why trans. Uh, 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 it translates so well to people mm-hmm. listening to it in podcast form, right? Uh, because right. you're just, you, it's like it sort of feels like, oh, all of you are good at parties, so therefore this makes it. You know, oh, it's just like very entertaining conversation. You know oh, what I mean? I, I mean, I think we we really love each other and love spending time together and are very comfortable with each other so i think that 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 invites uh, a familiarity also with the audience uh i am not good at parties so that is that's so interesting that you say you're all great at parties because i really i feel the opposite way well you're you're really why what good at a party of five Good at a party of five starring jennifer love hewitt (laughs) Ooh. um I'm not gonna part. I have terrible social anxiety. It oh. and, uh, it, it really flares up when there's a lot of people around, and I I feel um, and I feel like everybody hates me. It, that that's when it really gets bad. But uh, but well, how are you walking onto a set like into a room full of people about to have to act? Do you feel any anxiety about that, or are you like I'm doing a character? This is gonna be easy. I I think there is the the. There are a ton of people on a set, but there's we have like a thing that we're all working on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at a party, it's just like, okay, everybody talk. <laughs> and that, that's <laughs> where like, I get like, where are the lines? <laughs> yeah, it's nice to like a, a, have a task to focus on, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, that's why I love the kind of parties that are my favorite are like game nights or something where we're all like working on something together. Or there's we're all doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um yeah so so wild horses you you chat and then we chat uh your guest comes out you ask them some questions Mm -hmm. and then you improvise based on the conversation you had that's right that's right and i remember when you were our guest (laughs) there's a picture from the conversation we had with we're all I know Lauren and I were. I can't. I feel like Stephanie was. Stephanie and Aaron were like leaned over laughing. But Lauren and Lauren and I both were on our feet screaming. And there, there's a picture of us just like reacting that the, the things that because I told them. Say? What do you think? I was telling them some story about some hookup with some like man. <laughs> you were wow. sharing. It was probably about amazing. fisting. No, it was about. I remember exactly what it was. It was about when I was traveling in Portland. I like got had some guy like come over to the hotel room so I could suck him off. And when he got there, I was like laying on the bed and I was sucking his dick, and he like sort of leaned over so I could like sort of see up, you know, behind the ball sack into the ass crack. Ew. There were some. Dingle berries, you know, like toilet paper. Why would you? <laughs> and it I literally, just everyone stood up and went. <laughs> it's I'm, so horrible. It's horrible. I applaud you for telling it again. It's uh, real life. It happened. It's real life. You know I wasn't what? into it. I wasn't like, please bring the dinkleberries to the hotel room hookup. No, but that would have been an that. ideal time to be like, now's the time to order your Hello Tushy and get some water on that booty hole. Oh, and yeah. let me tell you something. Flat tummy tea, we'll do it for you. 
I'm telling you, flat tummy tea. You gotta get some, everybody. <laughs> so she is sponsoring this episode, by the way. That's oh good. Oh, oh that's perfect. Good. Great, great, great. <laughs> we can cut one ad out. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So do you? Because you all have really frank conversations, but uh, right. We we do a segment here on our show called Fuck Talk. Fuck talk. Where Thoughts? we talk about fucking. Okay, good face. It was a good oh! response. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, portion where we just talk about weird, uncomfortable hookups that we've uh-huh. had in the past or something very funny along the lines of the dingleberry, but not gross. You know, some yeah, fun. Yeah, okay. And like do you have any fun stories? Well, what I was going to say, I was going to sort of lead Mary into this because, I, you know, it's Great. like, I don't know you that well, so I don't know how comfortable you are with sharing uh, these types of stories, but... When when I feel like I said something like this, and then when we were doing Wild Horses, I said that Dingleberry story, and you responded something like, "I th- I thought like uh, my first kiss at church camp, like in the basement, was you know was some sort of like scandal," and you're talking about Dingleberries on an asshole. Yeah, I didn't. That's that's Olympic level. I did that. <laughs> I, oh uh, lord. <laughs> I I'm trying to. Listen, I've had, I've done, I've done it a lot. Oh, sex? Yeah, oh, I've done it a lot. You. Way to go! A lot, like we love so much, so much. It's so, it's crazy. Like that's so nice. I, I know. Um, <laughs> why don't we, instead of forcing you to talk about it, why don't we play a voicemail from one of our callers, oh, yeah. and then you can just judge their story i love that that. sounds like a better idea do you have one for me meatball um let me text it to you right now hi big dipper hi meatball my name is jordy i live in milwaukee wisconsin and my fuck talk story is actually about the first time that i ever saw big dipper he came to jake's milwaukee where i was working at the time and did a set our microphone was kept cutting out and i was like is somebody like uh censoring his bad words and i was like nope it's just our microphone being shitty i'll pause it for a second and that is all very true they had like one of those shitty like karaoke like talk over microphones Uh. so when you when you're doing live music to that and the the music gets lower when you (laughs) you try to rap on top of it and then also the signal kept cutting out so we literally i anyhow oh man keep going my story is about that night so later that night i was very drunk and there's this Mm -hmm. cute guy or i thought he was cute at the time he like wanted me really bad and i was like okay like let's go home and he was like cool come with me and i was like all right then we like pull up to his house uh in his car because i Mm -hmm. was like a responsible person who doesn't want to drink and drive Mm -hmm. to his house uh and he's like so you can't come in and i was like what he's like yeah my husband's in there um you have to do it right here in the car and i was like cool that's fun. Um, do you have lube? And he was like, no, I don't have any lube out here or whatever. So anyway, long story short, he has a refrigerator in his garage and there's butter in it for some reason. I don't know. Maybe he's like, uh, it wasn't Crisco, so maybe it wasn't his thing. I don't know what he was using butter in his garage for. Anyway, it's not that crazy, but like we had tech in his garage and used butter for lube. It yes. was a great time. And then afterwards... <laughs> Like, I usually prefer to cuddle, like a good bottom. He didn't want to do anything. He was like, hey, I got to go back inside. Can you call yourself an Uber? And he just, like, left me in his driveway, dripping with butter. Yeah, that was the end of the night. It was not great. But that's my story. Also, Meatball, I need more riffs 
from Wicked. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I don't get enough. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> you were left in the driveway with butter dripping out of your ass. Okay, I'm Mary, sorry. Thoughts I didn't on know that? it was going to be gross like that. No, Did you, I, I you love know it. that you were uplifting the queer community uh, with your film, and this is what we do for you. So We bring you right back it. down. I, listen, I know a ton of people who keep butter in their garage. Um, <laughs> What a story. Oh my gosh. What a story. I mean, I I have to say I'm 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 just I'm disappointed that that he was left to get himself home. That's Why? disappointing. Like, shouldn't he call an Uber after yes. he like butterballed him? I, that at the, <laughs> at the very at the very least provide transportation safely and back a paper home. Towel. And <laughs> And yes, ideally a paper towel because butter, butter is, it's not, look, butter is, I, have you guys ever, okay, hear, hear, hear me out. Have you guys ever like tried, okay, let's say you, you use, <laughs> let's say you use a butter knife, okay, right? Uh-huh. And you've mm-hmm. got butter on the butter knife, you put butter on the toast, you still got some uh, residual butter left on the knife. And you you try you think like oh I'm just gonna rinse the knife off and um there's no such thing as a exactly. quick rinse you have to fully wash wash that to get the butter off so butter that what a what a substance to use because that really it's not going anywhere it's not going anywhere you that's gonna some, last you need something to get that that slick gone oh what a treat what a treat. Okay, so have you ever heard of someone using butter for lube? Just now. Yeah. This was the first time. I've heard of it. Oh. You have? No. (laughs) 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 Because, okay, people using Crisco as lube is something that gets talked Don't about a lot do this to in Mary. the gay community because Don't people do stop it. fisting and stop. people use Crisco to actually do the fisting. Well, sure. <laughs> so it's not... <laughs> so any... Anything I mean, look. slick, the, anything anything slick, slick and wet, the gays will find a way to put it up That'll their butt. That'll do it. And yeah. that is the truth. We're just looking for any new liquid. And household, how fun to have, because butter is so versatile. Yes. And and just add it to the list of things you can use with, or you can use butter for. Yeah. You can use butter for toast, as you were saying. Butter is great. Toast. Turkey basting. Have you ever butter basted a steak? Delicious. Oh, that is so delicious. Yes. A little garlic, a little rosemary. What's your what's, favorite thing yes. to cook? What's, yeah, your, what's your favorite thing to cook oh. at home? What's your go-to meal? Favorite thing to cook. Oh, man. My go-to meal is probably uh, skin-on, bone-in chicken thighs Ooh. with roasted onions and broccoli. That, and I make it all in one cast iron pot or cast iron like skillet dish. And I put that in the oven. And I just roast that for a good 30 minutes at 450. And it is just so succulent and delicious. Uh, lots of olive oil, of course, salt, pepper, but it's very simple, and that is my go-to. That's the thing that I'll 
make if I if I have to make dinner and I like I don't have many recipes that are just mm-hmm. like in my head, but right. that's one of them. That sounds it's, delicious. Yeah. Has cooking always been a it's thing? Good. I feel like in the last couple years, I'm like, no, I would like obviously I love to obviously have someone else cook for me and just grab food and eat it, you know? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I have a much more I I much more like appreciate cooking, preparing food, and being like, I made this for myself, and I'm happy I did this. Yeah. Is that a yeah. thing that you experience? It is. And it's something I also, it, it do, does not come naturally to me, but my husband is an amazing cook. Oh. Um, and so I, I am very much actually in the position of just showing up and eating. Because <laughs> uh, he, he really enjoys cooking too, so he's happy to do it. But, but I'm trying to get better about it. And the times that I do, it takes me, if a recipe says it'll take 10 minutes of prep time, it'll take me an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same. Those things are lie. I yeah. Who is who is ch- chopping a full onion in under thirty minutes? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I th- yes. Yeah, those time estimates. I, if I'm in charge of dinner, because I, I asked Matt if we could do this during quarantine, because I do want to get better about cooking, um, and I agree the ritual of it is so nice. Um, so we will trade off nights that we're cooking. So if it's my turn to cook, I know that I need to start getting into that kitchen around five o'clock, even if we're going to eat at like 730 or eight, because it takes me so long. That's so nuts. You're like, honey, get the butter. Get the butter out of the out garage. Of the garage. Go, I only want garage <laughs> butter from now on. I don't know. I don't want the butter that's in the refrigerator in the kitchen. I wanted to have finger marks in it where it was scooped <laughs> out. Okay. Okay, too far. Too far. See, that was the one that went too far. Uh, <laughs> the logistics of it. I do have a lot of questions about the logistics of like how, what, was it, was it a stick of butter? Was it a tub of butter? Because that's going to change it. And did he like scoop it out and then sort of warm it up to turn it into the liquid lube? Okay. Or did he sort of like to. push it in cold? All right. Listen. I was imagining a, a like a, a, a thing, a country crock. Like remember those buckets of butter like grandma's I, would have? Yes. Yeah. This, yes. Is country crock. Margarine? Hmm. Well, this has been such a lovely episode. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. We really went on all the ups, the downs. I had a wonderful time talking to you, Mary Holland. I had a fabulous time. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you Bob so much for Dipper. coming. So where can people uh, find you? I have great news, yes. everyone. I have synced up my Twitter handle, and my Instagram handle. So now, across all platforms... Don't you love saying that? I love it. Uh, uh, And by all platforms, I mean Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) 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 You can find me at Mary Hollandaise. Like the sauce. Speaking of cooking, like the sauce. Um, It's a great feed. I'm just sorry. I'm just like looking at it. Oh, yeah, you're just looking at it? Thank you so much Wait, for writing this a wonderful m- wedding photo. Oh my god, that dress is yes. stunning. Thank I you. I guess you do like this. Wait, spot, what is that in the back? Is that flowers? Is it's that- like a yes. It's like a human. That floral is gorgeous. Wreath. It's a giant wreath. Yes, it's it's a uh, pompous grass. Which if if that's that fluffy stuff, yeah. it's so beautiful. I I want I want pompous grass around me at all times. It, it's just so ethereal. I love it so much. That of course is me holding a fake flower. Oh, um, oh. 
Oh, you got the butter on them fingies. Yeah, we got to get out of here. I got slip and slide all over. Okay, so watch Happiest Season on Hulu. Yes, please. Go find Mary guest starring in every single sitcom you've ever enjoyed. Uh, Your characters on Veep are great. Loved you on Blunt Talk. I feel like... That oh, was a show you. that was very popular and a major real show, but like I had literally never heard of it until it was over. And then I went back and watched it and I was like, I love this show. Oh, I'm so glad. It's I don't I don't Showtime, know. Showtime, right? Or stars. 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 Is it on it's the on stars, stars app? You can still go watch it, right? Oh, no. Did, oh no. Did I think it has it has said, been removed. Get it out of here. Patrick Seward said no. Uh I, I don't know what happened to it. I f- you must be able to access it somewhere, but it's not it's not on the stars platform anymore. But um but yes, it was it's a it's a very interesting show from the brain of Jonathan Ames, who is so brilliant. Um so go go see if you can find it. Yeah, just look at her IMDb and watch the shows you want to watch because they're all great. They're all amazing. Thank you. Um, well, thanks so much for being here and uh, happy holidays and a happy new year to you, Mary. And a happy holidays, a happy new year, a happiest season <laughs> to you oh, and, and yours. And I hope you all stay safe and happy. Perfect season. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod or send us an email at Sloppy Seconds Pod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Spiciest Meatball and Big Dipper Jelly on everything at Big Dipper Jelly. And I'm on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which now come out every Tuesdays and Fridays. And Eat remember, it. our phone number, which I didn't sing before, but I now will, <coughs> is 213 Zero. Zero. You're welcome, oh. Will. He he underscores that every week, so that's why he's making that face. <laughs> that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, you can't hang out with your newborn child. You have to underscore me yelling the number eight a hundred times. Okay, bye. I hope no one calls that number. doodle doo doo forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom! Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Mixed and mastered by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork is drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>